God is so good. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Some people have said I'm wearing my smoking jacket today. But it's my Christmas jacket, even though I am smoking. But it ain't a camel. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. You know, what a joy it is every year to celebrate the birth of our Savior. You know, we always like it when people have birthdays. We celebrate their birthdays and, um, you know, maybe go out to eat or something or, you know, have gifts and things like that. But we enjoy birthdays. Well, how much more the birth of our Savior? Somebody that came, died for us and brought life. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And even though we bring gifts to our Savior, he is the best gift and the greatest gift of all. Amen. Amen. Let's open up to Luke chapter two. Thank you, Jesus. Luke chapter two. And we're going to read verses seven through 14. Luke chapter two, seven through 14. I want to talk to you about some things a little bit different about Christmas, the birth of Jesus, because it's all about good news. All about good news. Amen. Here in Luke chapter 2, verse 7 through 14, it says, And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloth and laid him in a manger. It's, uh, you know, it's amazing how kind they are in the Bible. The words that they use. They probably couldn't bring themselves to say that Jesus was laid in a feeding trough. Because <clears throat> that's what the manger was. It was a feeding trough for the animals in the barn. Isn't that right? Amen. And they didn't go to the barn because they were poor. They went to the barn because there was no room at the inn. They were able to afford the inn, but there was no room at the inn. So they wound up going to the stable where the animals were. And Jesus, when he was born, was laid in a feeding trough. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So don't listen to those people. They tell you, oh, Jesus was born in poverty. No, he wasn't. Nothing at all about poverty. OK, moving on. And they laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David, there has been born to you a savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a feeding trough. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. Hallelujah. So this was the announcement of the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. An angel appeared to the shepherds in the field. Isn't that right? And they said that they brought glorious good news about the birth of Jesus. 
and the angels from heaven delivered this message. But then it said that the host of heaven showed up. And who is the host of heaven? It's all the warrior angels. It's the warrior angels. You know, uh, uh, Rick Renner sent out a great Christmas card. And on, it's, in fact, there's one in the foyer. And on the face of the Christmas card is angels coming down at that particular time. And if you look at them, they're all dressed in Roman soldier warrior outfits. Because the host of heaven is the warriors of heaven. So here we are, warriors, tough guys. We're, we're mean people. We're warriors. Glory to God in the highest. So you all need to get over your ego self. And start living like real warriors. Amen. Well, you know, I just don't, I, I don't get loud in service. Why are you wimpy? I mean, why? Why don't you get it's because of your personality. You let your personality and your flesh run you. But if you are the real warrior, like you want to say out the other side of your mouth, if you was a real warrior, you'd be worshiping God loudly. Glory to God in the highest. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. See, that's what happens when you have a revelation of good news. This is good news that they came and they brought to the earth. Oh, all you on the earth, you are in for some good things because your Savior is being born today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Matthew chapter 2. And verse 16, Matthew 2, 16, it says, And when Herod saw that he had been tricked by the Magi, remember he sent them to go find Jesus and then report back to him because he said he wanted to go worship. Yeah. Well, we knew that was a lie. And it says that when he was tricked by the Magi because they went back a different way, he became very enraged and sent and slew all the male children who were in Bethlehem and all of its vicinity from two years old and under, according to the time which he had determined from the Magi. So as much as the angels have brought good news, the devil, through Herod now, wants to try to stop Jesus from appearing on the earth. He does not want the good news to get out because the devil don't want to help you. The devil don't want to help the world. He wants to stop the good from getting to the world. So back now back over to Luke chapter four. And let's read verse 16 through 21. This is when Jesus has come out from the wilderness. Remember this? And he heads to his hometown. It says, and he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up and was his custom, as was his custom. As was his custom. Jesus had a custom of going to church. This is Jesus who really needed no church at all. And it was his custom to go to church and sit there and listen to them talk about him. Usually not accurately. But he sat there. He didn't get up and go, hey, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. I don't agree with your doctrine. See, Jesus knew he belonged in the synagogue and he sat there and he listened to them. It was his custom. They went every week 
to synagogue. Amen. And it says he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath and he stood up to read. Verse 17. And the book of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him and he opened the book and he found the place where it was written. So they weren't telling him what to read. He found the place where this was written in the book of Isaiah. It says the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to proclaim release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable, favorable year of the Lord. Amen. This is good news. Jesus's ministry starts out with good news. His first his first message, his first proclamation in his ministry is good news. And it's for everybody. Healing, deliverance, the good news, the, the gospel set people free. This is good news. But verse 28 to 30 now in Luke chapter four tells us a little story. And all the people in the synagogue were filled with rage as they heard these things. And they got up and drove him out of the city and led him to the brow of the hill on which their city had been built in order to throw him down the cliff. But passing through their midst, he went his way. So Jesus announces beginning of his ministry, good news. But the devil now through the people tries to kill him because the devil don't want good news to get out. Amen. Matthew 28. Verses 1 through 10. Matthew 28, 1 through 10. Now, after the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to look at the grave. And behold, a severe earthquake had occurred for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled away the stone and sat on it. And his appearance was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow. And the God shook for fear of him and became like dead men. That'd be called paralyzed. And the angel said to the woman, women, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who has been crucified. Well, he is not here, for he has risen, just as he said, and come see the place where he was lying. Go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead and behold, he is going ahead of you into Galilee and there you will see him. Behold, I have told you. Amen. Amen. So now Jesus being raised up from the dead. In fact, let's read on to verse 10. It says, and they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy, great joy. And they ran to report it to his disciples you know what great joy is? Great joy is uncontainable. I can't hold it in. I don't care about my stupid personality. This is great joy. Glory to God. Amen. Personality means nothing. My dumb flesh don't mean nothing. This is great joy. How many of you ever sat in front of a movie and you ain't a crier? Anybody in here? You're not a crier. You don't cry. Anybody? Come on, raise your hand up. I can't see it down here. Raise it up there. All right, you're not crying. But yet, you've watched movies that all of a sudden you can feel a little tear well up. You know why? Because your flesh means nothing. Your flesh means nothing. See, if you really had great joy, your flesh would mean nothing. You'd override that dumb thing. 
And I'm not being rude to you by saying dumb. It's just dumb. Because it holds you in bondage. Because when you release yourself into great joy, whoo, glory to God, glory to God, you step into a different realm with God. Hallelujah. Where are we at? So Jesus met them and greeted them and they came up and took hold of his feet and worshiped him. And Jesus said, do not be afraid. Go and take word to my brethren to leave for Galilee and they will see me. And there they will see me. Hallelujah. So Jesus is raised from the dead and there is an announcement of good news. An announcement of good news. Isn't that right? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Verse 11 through 15. Now, while they were on their way, some of the guard came into the city and reported to the chief priest all that had happened. And when they had assembled with the elders and consulted together, they gave a large sum of money. This is a bribe. This is called a bribe. OK, never mind. We'll just leave it there. And he said, you are to say his disciples came by night and stole him away while we were asleep. And if this should come to the governor's ears, we will win him over and keep you out of trouble. <laughs> Verse 15. And they took the money, of course, and they did as they had been instructed because they were bribed and blackmailed. And this story was widely spread among the Jews as it is to this day. So Jesus is raised from the dead. Good news. He's raised from the dead. I'm going to meet you in Galilee. And the devil now through the chief priest, right, lies. They lie about it and they want to renounce the good news. The devil wants to renounce the good news. He couldn't kill him. So now he wants to renounce it. He wants to lie about it. Isn't that right? Amen. Amen. Mark 16. Mark 16, verses 15 through 20. I know there's a lot of verses, but we're making a point because we let the Bible make the point. And he said to them, this is just before his ascension, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. He who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved, but he who has disbelieved shall be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who have believed. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They'll pick up serpents. If they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. And they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So when the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and they preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the word by the signs that followed. So this is good news. Is that right? This is good news just before he ascends. And what he says is that we can do just as he did. He's telling you, you can do just what I did. Here's the things you can do just like I did. Now, I believed it. All you have to do is believe it. All you have to do is believe it. Amen. You know, and it says that they went out and preached everywhere. So they went out and shared the good news. They went out and spoke the good news to everybody. And in speaking the good news... The Lord was able to work and confirm it. 
This is why a lot of times we don't see the Lord work. We want to pray or let's just go pray. You didn't share the word with anybody. Well, they said they believed. What do they believe? I've had people tell me, yeah, I believe I've received Jesus in my life. And they meant they received communion. They were in a denominational church and they received communion and they believed that that was receiving Jesus. They were not saved. But you don't know that just by listening to what they say. You've got to talk to them with what you know. And they have to then agree and take hold of it. How many times have you said to people, do you believe in Jesus? And they go, yeah. Well, they haven't received him as Lord and Savior of their life. They just believe in him. They've heard about him. Yeah, I believe in him. He's a historical figure. Have you received Jesus into your life as your Lord and Savior to pay for your sins? That he is the only one you depend on for your salvation and everything else gets put away. But why don't we do that? Because we're not filled with great joy. We're afraid. What they're going to think, how they're going to feel, what are they going to think about me? Well, what if this don't work? Don't worry, honey, you ain't the one working it. So you to say, what if it don't work means you don't trust God. They went out and preached everywhere because they what? They had the good news. They had a life, man. They had the truth. Amen. Acts chapter eight. Verses one through three. Acts chapter eight. <clears throat> Saul was in heavy agreement with putting him to death. And on that day, a great persecution began against the church in Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And some devout men buried Stephen and made loud lamentations over him. But Saul began ravaging the earth, I'm sorry, began ravaging the church, entering house after house and dragging off men and women that he would put them into prison. So here we see again the devil <clears throat> through religious leaders trying to stop the good news. And he's doing it through persecution. <clears throat> of course, this was only the start of the persecution. Later on, the government got involved with it. Amen. And I want you to notice in verse uh, 2. It says that they buried Stephen and made loud lamentation over him. See, when you're full of grief, then you get loud. When you're full of joy, you get loud. Jesus said, I'd rather you be hot or cold. But you that don't even want to make any noise, you're lukewarm. You don't have great joy. You don't have great grief. You don't have anything. Don't shout me down. Every time God made a move through Jesus to bring good news, Satan would try to put a stop to it. <clears throat> he didn't want the good news getting out. Jesus' whole life, his whole ministry was all full of good news. Jesus came to bring good news of salvation, healing, deliverance, and freedom to mankind. Satan came into the earth to make man bound. He did that through the sin of Adam. Well, he wants to keep man bound. He don't want that good news getting out. 
Amen. So that's why he's always tried to stop the good news in the ministry of Jesus. And this is why he wants to put fear in you and make you timid because he don't want the good news getting out. Amen. Dear God forbid that you should share good news with somebody. The devil don't want that. And he'll whisper in your ear, well, you can't do that. That's not you. That's not the way you do things. That's that, that, that. And he plays on your personality. He plays on your flesh. And he talks about who you are in your flesh and who you are in your personality. And I could say some rude words right now about those words, but I'm not. But if you don't get rude with the devil, he'll beat you down and he'll keep you bound up. And if he keeps you bound up, he can keep somebody else bound up. Amen. Amen. People tell me there's certain things I shouldn't talk about in the pulpit. You ain't going to keep me bound up. You don't like it. That's fine. It's up to you. Well, you know, if, if you don't talk about that stuff, you, you can build the church more. Why do I want to build the church with those kind of people? I'd rather have a handful of on fire people than a whole church full of 200 or so people, 300, 500 of lukewarm people. No one want that. We're not going to candy coat anything. We're going to tell you what the truth is. And people say things like, well, you stepped on my toes. Well, get your toes out of the aisle. It's not my fault the Word of God stepped on your toes. I didn't step on your toes. It was the Word of God that stepped on your toes because your toes are where they shouldn't be. And this is why we share so much from the Word of God. If you get offended with me, you're going to be offended with the Word. I mean, you know, we can talk about abortion and, and about how wrong abortion is, but it's not a personal opinion. The Word of God says it's an abomination before God to shed innocent blood. And there's nothing more innocent than a baby in the womb. You know, this whole thing about my body, my right, it isn't your body. Your body don't get beat up. It's that baby's body that gets ripped apart. So don't even start in. Merry Christmas. Keep the change. <laughs> Are you with me? See, but the word of God is full of good news because when you get yourself straight with the word of God, life gets good. That's all the word of God's trying to do. See, when it steps on your toes, it offends you or whatever, all it's doing is showing you the bondage of the devil in your life. That's all that it's doing. And he's trying to set you free because the word of God is full of good news. What does Hebrews 13, 8 tell us? Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's still good news. Well, guess what? The devil's the same yesterday and today, and he's still trying to stop the good news. He uses false religions to try to denounce the good news. He uses per political persecution to try to stop the good news from spreading. But Jesus was born. Jesus lived his life. He served mankind in goodness, and he's the same today. And the devil trying to stop it, and he's the same today. Amen. Amen. John chapter 8, verse 29. Hallelujah. The Spirit of God has already been talking to me about stuff for next year, and it's going to be a powerful year. 
If you'll take hold of the truth of the word, it will be a powerful year. And when I say take hold of the truth of the word, I mean it's time to go beyond just I need to be healed. Go beyond just I need some money, although we do need both of those. But there's a reason for health and there's a reason for money. And it's not just to make life easier for you. Amen. Amen. Having a life easier for you is just a byproduct of the real life. He who sent me is with me, and he has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He who sent me is with me. Now, we know that when you're born again, the Spirit of God comes to live in you. Right? He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. So you can say, just like Jesus, he is with me. But then Jesus says, he's not left me alone. Oh, Wait a minute now. When was the last time the Holy Spirit spoke to you? Or has he left you alone? And if he's left you alone, why has he left you alone? Could it be because we don't do the things that are pleasing to him? Now, that's fresh from heaven. That's not in my notes. So that's something we need to listen to. See, if we he said, I always do the things that are pleasing to him. Therefore, he's not left me alone. He's with me. He's with all of us. But whether he leaves us alone or not is depending on what we do. Jesus did good. And the good Jesus did was pleasing to the father. And, you know, the good things that Jesus did is not the good things that man thinks is good. It's what God says is good. You know, you can either define good based on what God said, or you can define good based on having eaten the fruit of the tree in the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So you can define good on either way. There's a human level of good, but then there's a God level of good. And which good are we living at? It's got to be the God level and God won't leave you alone. Amen. Why is that? Because when you do good, God's always got good for you to do. Again, it's not what man says is good. It's not those good works that we think about. It's what God says. There's been many a times that God has given me direction to do something, but it didn't seem to be good to somebody. What was that? There was a thing where it was about a child and then there was a bunch of other kids or rather something like that. And. The person had to choose. Are you going to do this for this child or are you going to do this for the group of children? And it was all going to come down to a decision that this adult had to make. If the adult made a decision against the child, then the other kids would be well. But if, a, if the adult made a decision for the child, then it wouldn't be good for the group. So how can you be fair in that situation? Because to do good for one is not good for another. And this is why Jesus said things like, I judge righteously. There has to be righteous judgment. It's not based on if it's good for this person and not for that person or good for those people and not for this person. You know, we'll, we'll go with the majority. No, you got to go with God. You have to judge righteously. And then everybody makes their decision 
of whether they're going to side in with the righteous judgments of God or not. And when you make a judgment based on the word of God, this is what the word of God says. And therefore, this is how judgment is made. Now you have to make a decision on whether you're going to side with God or not. Your personality don't particularly like that. Your flesh don't particularly like that. Because your flesh, you're trying to make everybody happy because you think that's good. And it's not. The only good is God. It's the only good judgment you can make is what God says. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Where are we? John chapter 10. Verse 30 to 32. I and the Father are one. Are you and the Father one? Yes, indeed. The Jews picked up stones again to stone him. And Jesus answered them, I showed you many good works from the Father. For which of them are you stoning me? <laughs> well, that's true. A lot of people don't like when you make a decision and declare things and do things based on what God says. Because to their level of good, it's not good. But, you know, that's the world. Good is evil. Evil is good. White is black. Black is white. And the further we go in society, the more you see that. You know, gay used to mean happy. But they've changed that word. You know, there's all kinds of things that have changed because they're trying to change the way you think. The good works that Jesus did was from the Father. Isn't that right? God is good. God is good. Jesus is good. The Holy Spirit is good. Because God, the Hebrew word Elohim, is a plural word. And it's the three. Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And they're always good. And if Jesus is the same today, the Father's the same today, the Holy Spirit is the same today. Isn't that right? Good news followed Jesus because he only did good. So how could bad news follow him? Only good news followed him. The only bad that followed him was the one the religious leaders wanted to make up. I know somebody today that they continually make up bad stuff against them, but yet all they do is good. Satan was the one trying to stop God's goodness. Satan is the one that wants to keep man bound up because Satan is the one that wants to stay in control. He wants to be the head, he wants to be in control, and he wants to have everybody else in, on the earth to be his slaves. Isn't that right? Acts chapter 10, verse 38. This is when Peter goes to Cornelius' house. He says, you know of Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power, and how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Now, when Jesus was born, there was a message that came from the shepherds, and it was a message of what? Good news. And then when Jesus steps into the synagogue to start his ministry, there's a message that he gives, and it's about good news. And then when he's getting ready to ascend into heaven, he's raised from the dead, that was 
Good news. And then when Jesus is getting ready to ascend and he meets with his disciples and says, what I did, you can go do the same. That is good news. Isn't that right? Well, now the first message that is ever heard by the Gentiles is good news. You know of Jesus of Nazareth, how he went about doing good. He was anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power. God anointed him. We got God here, the Father. We have Jesus doing good. We have the anointing of the Holy Spirit in him. So we have all of the Godhead being preached to the Gentiles and being shown as being good and only went about doing good. Jesus is the healer. Jesus is the deliverer. Jesus is the miracle worker. But he went about doing good and healing, delivering and doing miracles for all of those that were oppressed by the devil. The devil is the oppressor. The devil is the afflictor. The devil is the one that brings sickness and poverty. The devil is the one that brings anxiety and fear. Not God. God is good. He's always good and only good. And that's why it tells us in James 1.17 that every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation and no shifting shadow. He is good. He is always good. He is only good. Amen. And to prove his goodness to us, he gave the best gift of all, which was his son. Amen. Devil is a liar. The devil comes to kill. The devil comes to persecute. He wants to stop the gift. He wants to stop the good news. So who is the good one? God is the good one. Who is the evil one? The devil. And again, he's still trying to stop, trying to lie, trying to kill. But Jesus is still being good. He is always good. He is only good. It is a message of good news and great joy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Romans 8.32. Hallelujah. Romans 8.32. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us all. How will he not also with him freely give us all things? His son was the best gift ever. Isn't that right? And with him, all good gifts have been given. Freely give us all things. The devil wants to lie about it. Tell you that's not for you. The devil wants to persecute anybody that wants to try to say that it is good. But it's been freely given. And if it's freely given, we can freely receive it. We have to receive what has been given. But you can't confuse God's good. The devil's bad. God's the deliverer. The devil is the afflictor. God is the healer. The devil is the oppressor. Right. You can't get them confused. You got to draw that line in the sand. The same Bible that tells about God's goodness is the same Bible that tells about Satan's evil. You can't believe in one and not the other because there is no other source of revelation. So you can't say, well, I believe in God, but that devil, I don't believe in that devil. You know, they just put that in there. Well, if they just put that in there, then they just put something in about God and neither one are real. So let's eat, drink and be merry because what the heck? We're going, going to die tomorrow and we're going in the dirt. What does it matter? 
Because if there is no devil that the, de the Bible tells you about, then there is no God that the Bible tells you about. There's no other source of revelation. It tells you that over in Galatians 1. Go to Galatians chapter 1, verses 6 through 9. Galatians chapter 1, verse 6 through 9. It says, I am amazed. This is Paul talking to the church at Galatia. I am amazed that you are so quickly deserting him who called you by the grace of Christ for a different gospel, which is really not another. Only there are some who are dis disturbing you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we have preached to you, he is to be accursed. So that means there is no other reality. There is no other preaching. There isn't even if it came from an angel. If an angel stood before you and said something contrary to the word of God. If an angel came and said, you know, there's really no such thing as the devil. Of course, the only source of revelation, true revelation, is the word of God. I don't care about these people that are inflated in their own minds. I want to tell you about angels. Uh, angels are real. Don't don't confuse that. Angels are real. But the devil shows up as an angel of light and he will preach to you something that is not according to the word. And if you don't know what the word says, you'll fall for it. I mean, he said to Jesus, go ahead, throw yourself down off of, he, of the pinnacle of the temple for it is written. He'll give his angels charge over you concerning you and bear you up lest you strike your foot against the stone. S quoted the scriptures. Just wasn't any life in it. Are you with me? The only source of revelation is the word of God. So if you're too lazy to get in the word of God, you'll be deceived by anything and everything that comes around. I don't care if it's on YouTube. I don't care if it's on Facebook. I don't care if it comes across your personal messages. I don't care if it's something you hear on TV. I don't care if an angel shows up in your bedroom. If you are not accustomed to the word of God, you can be easily deceived. The word of God is the source of good news. It reveals the goodness of God as seen in the face of Jesus, whose life is a revelation of good news. It is the revelation of the goodness of our God and Father. That's what Jesus came to show us. Amen. And we get so distracted by so many screwball things. So many. And yet the bottom line is, as a believer, we ought to do the things Jesus did, and that is bring good news. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter five. This is the best news of all for us. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 17 through 18. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. And all these things are from God. He has reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of good news. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is the best news of all for us, that we, we are a new creature in Christ, that if you have received Jesus into your life as your Lord and Savior, he's the one you depend on for your salvation. 
You are a new creature in Christ. The old nature, the old sin nature has been removed, been forgiven of sin. We've been set free from the curse of sin and death that we could step into in Christ. We step into real life and abundant life, the God kind of life, the God kind of health and abundance and peace and freedom, freedom from fear, freedom from anxiety, freedom from anything that hell would have to offer any human being. We're free from the fear of it, free from all the garbage going on out there in the world free from what society wants to push on you we're free from it all because we're new creatures in Christ and when you are in fear about anything that is said or heard you don't have a revelation of who you are in Christ and it's time to get one because the devil's still lying the devil still kills and the devil still wants to persecute and if he can keep you quiet then he don't have to persecute you. But if you're in fear of persecution, you'll be quiet. If you're in fear of what people will think about you, you'll be quiet. But if you don't give a rip, you'll let it rip. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are new creatures in Christ. That's who we are. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. The Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthians in chapter 9. He said, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Amen. Good news of great joy. Good news of great joy for all the people. For all the people. And, you know, when the shepherds, they said good news of great joy for the people that God with whom God is pleased. Well, who's God pleased with? Those that have accepted Jesus by faith, because faith pleases God. And those that are living by faith, walking by faith, accepted Jesus by faith. Those are the ones that is pleasing to God. The savior of the world, the best gift of all has come. He's born today and he's available for whosoever would believe. Amen. Amen. So just bow your heads for a moment. I know we have folks on live stream and um, I want to give opportunity. So everybody just pray. Stand in agreement. But I want to give opportunity that whether you're watching this by live stream or you're watching it on archive, if you're listening to a podcast, I just want to give you opportunity that Jesus Christ was born for you, the savior of the world, that he has come to set you free from the bondages of hell, the bondages of Satan, the bondages of the curses that are upon the earth, that you can walk free from it, that you can walk into an abundant life, real life that Jesus came to give you. And it's very simple. The very beginning step of it is to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the one that paid the price for your sin so that you could be redeemed, that you'd have an eternity with the Lord and you can step into living an abundant life. So if you've never accepted Jesus as Lord of your life, then we're all going to pray together and you just pray with us as we pray together. Say, Lord God, I believe in my heart that Jesus paid the price for my sin that I don't have to pay the price 
but I can be free. Then I can accept the sacrifice of Jesus into my life because it's stated in the Bible that Jesus came, that I would have abundant life. Lord God, I thank you so much that you loved me enough to send your only son to live, to die, and pay the price for my sin. That whoever would believe on him would not perish. So God in heaven, I make this declaration today. I am a whoever. I choose to be the one that will believe in Jesus and receive him into my life. I do so right now. Thank you, Jesus, for coming into my life. Lord God, this day, I can now call you Father as I have become your very child. Thank you, Father, for sending Jesus and saving me. Thank you, Lord, that today is the first day stepping into an abundance of life. I thank you for that, Father. Amen. Hallelujah. We rejoice. We rejoice in that. We give you the glory, Lord God. Thank you, Lord, that you saved us, delivered us, set us free. Thank you, Lord, that you made us whole. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We bless you and we honor you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise your name forevermore. Praise your name forevermore. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Well, I'm going to have the singers come forward. Hallelujah. And we're going to do some Christmas songs together. Sing-alongs. We're not singing to you. Dear God, you don't want us to do that. This is a sing-along. We all get to sing. The words will be up on the screen. And they're all songs that you know about. So uh, we're just going to sing along for Christmas and honor the Lord. As they're coming, I just want to announce to you and remind you. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> uh, that we're going to be having an open house at our home, mine and Pastor Nid's home, right here on the property. <laughs> and it's going to be on Friday, January 5th at 6.30. And the announcement says everyone's invited, but there's everyone in the church is invited. This is not open to guests or to the public. This is just for church family, Okay. We ask you to sign up as soon as you can out in the foyer because dinner is going to be provided. And uh, we need to know about how much for Pastor Nid to get so that she can provide dinner for everyone. And what we're going to do is just do a walkthrough in the house. I know that you like to look at the villages and all that, and that's all going to be up. But then we're going to go out the back door, go downstairs and eat dinner. If the weather's nice, we'll eat on the deck. And um, yeah and uh, just do that. So it'll be a nice day together. So I hope that you can be there. So please sign up as soon as you can, and um, we'll have a good open house. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let me uh, find a microphone over here. I don't have one. Okay. I'm going to use the usher's mic. It's your mic. 
variety. Yes, please stand.